someone like doesn't understand mail or doesn't understand breakfast just thinking you can like send someone breakfast like you send them a full ingi beans toast uh shoot banger bangers and mash, bangers and, <laughs> mash and a pot pie and eggs if it's if it's sogging like it's it's hilarious image for you like the mailman to like slap it down into your mailbox and you hear the as it's as it sits in there and then you go like that's a funny thing but then i feel bad for the mailman who has to deal with your shit where you've just like got a congealed substance leaking in the rest of their mailbag right some of the the mashed potatoes start seeping out of the top of the vanilla envelope <laughs> Welcome to Footy Fellows, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. This week's episode is brought to you by Horizon Tall Climbing. It's the climb sideways. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram at Footy Fellows Pod on Instagram. That's F-O-O-T-Y Fellows Pod on Instagram. Gentlemen, we, uh, we discussed some world records last week, and we also asked some of our FOFs to share their personal world records on Instagram, one of which was running backwards faster than Usain Bolt could, and another of which was, was eating six bagels in one morning. Do those sound possible, or do you think we got people are trying to hoodwink us? I'll tell you what, I, the bagel one sounds feasible. Uh, yeah. like within 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 reason um i've definitely contemplated around three or I, it's impressive if you got beyond four to me so that's why six is like oh okay like that's that's that that sounds like it could be done my question would be back to them are they plain were they everything pumpernickel i feel like the consistency and whatever's covering it could make it more or less digestible and i i need an even playing field um i see how do you feel about the usain bolt one yeah, it's a tough one. Is is are they saying that they ran faster backwards than Usain could run forwards, or Usain runs backwards? Uh, I think that, that's a little forwards. Is, yeah, forwards off the table, but mm-hmm. back, yeah, faster right. than he could run backwards. Um, I think he he's probably quite fast running in either direction. I think that's a stretch. Uh, yeah, I also don't know where they're getting that data. Has he ever run backwards um, in time trial or anything? That's a great point. Probably not. Maybe. Probably. I feel like if we Googled, we could find like the world record back backwards running pe- people who like specialize in backwards running. Yeah. I bet like, we'd be very impressed actually. Am oh, I yeah. looking this up right oh, now? Yeah. Maybe I might, I might quickly just do a little Google search. I doubt we could find Usain Bolt running backwards though. Tice, Definitely. Tice, that, tice too, point. Well, exactly. Even more to the point, if you practice going backwards enough, right. Where you were like, really, you got the technique down, you've been doing it for a little while, you're limber, you're going. I still think Usain Bolt's probably got some, just the length, it's right? Just, and, and it's the mechanics too. I mean, the arm swing, that push off from the calf, and then the hamstring—it it all comes together, and he's got it all. What do you think it's like for the employees of Guinness? I'm assuming it's the beer company that runs the world records. I'm just thinking about that now. It might not be. What do you think it's like for their employees who 
their job, at least part of, if not all their job is to go around and just verify world records. What do you think that experience is like? I bet it's a power trip probably. You imagine, or, or it's, it's probably, it could be annoying the amount of time people come up to them and know what their profession is and say like, Hey, look, look I'm holding my breath. <laughs> count, count. Oh, are you counting? <laughs> you know, I'm sure that's annoying, but it's also like, you know, like they go to a restaurant or something and, and they're at a table <laughs> and you know, the chef brings over a meal and something on fire and, and you know, one person at the table's like, Whoa, that's really cool. And then you, the Guinness person be like, hey, I've seen better. Like, man, like I've seen more impressive. Like it's not as cool. So you're like the bummer at parties. Yeah, right. Right. You're both, you are both the center of the party and, and you, you really set the tone. It's a lot of responsibility, I think. And you get that dope uh, masters looking jacket. Echoing everything you said, I think it'd be, it'd be an interesting type of person who would be a Guinness world record re- recorder. <laughs> Power trip for sure is there. Unimpressed most of the time at, at functions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, party tricks don't go a long way with this this person. <laughs> no. Do you think they're they're one of they you know those kids when you were all younger and you'd have that one kid? I think we were all, we were all that one kid who was just like, yeah, well, I could run faster than, or I could do that or whatever. Yeah. You feel like the Guinness Guinness people are probably <laughs> a little bit like that's what they became. Yeah, like that that is who that that's who they were at a young age. Conversely, like I don't know, do you think many people wanted to do that job or they wound up in that job? Like they just, they were, you know, twists and turns and they landed there because they couldn't get another gig or that their entire lives. They're like, I want to, I want to stand there with a stopwatch in Antarctica <laughs> and witness and witness world records happening. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. I, like yeah that I think, I think people can get hooked. I mean, you remember back at the scholastic book fairs back in the day and the big green Guinness book, uh, you know, those big hard covers that were so eye catching. Mm-hmm. That's that kid, you know, kids who were hyped about that. I'm sure there are some diehard fans that just fell in love and maybe that was a passion of theirs, but it actually does bring to question if they have an internship program. So the interns kind of do all the really kind of whack and annoying and really obscure world records. Like, I don't know, like that roof tile one we talked about last week or, or something like that, or kicking objects kicked off of people's heads. Like, yeah, that's impressive. But well, but impressive for an intern. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your interns are impressed, so they'll go do that. I I do think they do. They probably get a a, a ton of submission. Yeah, absolutely. They need people to sift through these and and like validate whether roof tiling by a dog backwards is really that count, (laughs) you know. And then whether or not if it's in twenty four hours or two minutes, like who's measuring that? Do you like? Do you have who is the fastest? dog tyler in two minutes and then also in three minutes and four minutes like is that a thing could you just like is it well that's the big that's the big question we need to maybe bring someone on the the pod that has done that we need to know what counts Mm -hmm. and how do you filter applications for what counts yeah hey intern steve we got uh captain hook from the bermuda triangle saying that he can uh open this treasure chest (laughs) In two seconds, you want to go? <laughs> it's going to be the fastest in that region of Bermuda ever. Right. <laughs> We're sending you intern Steve. Uh, we'll let let us know when you get there. Ninety five percent chance. The question, the main question on the intern application is like, "What's your personal world record? Like, show us what you can do." Oh, oh my yeah. god! It's <laughs> a video. Like, how do you embody a world record? How are you a world record, Max? <laughs> 
I'm the best me and the worst me. <laughs> Strengths and weaknesses. That's just now it's just interviewing advice. Yeah, right. We somehow always end up on interviewing advice. Right. Because at the end of the day, that's what we are. We're an advice podcast. Right. We're here to solve your problems with uh, footy fellow banter. All right, boys. Are you interested in uh, some last week today? Very. A little rundown. Please. All right. So La Liga is back. Games started this past Thursday, June 11th. Some a notable game, obviously for folks, maybe Barcelona easily winning their match four to zero. Messi scoring in stoppage time to end the game. They are now five points at the top of the table, above Real Madrid, who is playing at this moment. And I know they were up one zero against Ibar, so looks like that lead may be coming down to two points. Next, the EPL is coming Wednesday. Could not be more excited about this. Yes, we talked about it last week. But the three of us are stoked for this league to come back. As a reminder, it's Aston Villa versus Sheffield United as the first match. And then Man City versus Arsenal right after that. It's going to be great. I'm tuning in for both games. And I hope my boss did not hear that. But yes, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) We've got the MLS tournament starting July 8th through August 11th. Won't be diving into a lot of details right now in this segment, but we, the three of us, will we'll talk more about it um, in just a bit in this episode. And last, but certainly not least, we've got the U.S. Soccer Board of Directors uh, voting to repeal the policy requiring athletes to stand during the national anthem. Quote, we apologize to our players, especially our black players, staff, fans, and all who support eradicating racism. This decision comes earlier in the week. Uh, after several weeks of unrest throughout the country and the world regarding police brutality and systemic racism. So that's your, that's last week today. What do you guys, any comments, any, anything to add? A lot of awesome support um, for, you know, Black Lives Matter in different uh, ways, but especially the EPL. I think I saw they're going to be, all of them will have that on their jerseys. And a lot of players have obviously spoken out already, spoken from personal experience of dealing with, racism and slash police brutality um, and just speaking about how important it is to them and, and protests obviously happening around the world as well. So that'd be really cool to see. I'm sure we'll see some stuff with the MLS as well. Yep. 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 I think, I think there's a lot of uh, player um, empowerment going on, um, which is going to lead to some pretty powerful stances and statements. Um, otherwise, aside from the, the gravity of, of the, uh, the tone that's being brought back, I think just the, the physical nature of having the Prem back is rejuvenating. I'm getting excited. I'm mouthwatering thinking of the concept of Watford versus uh, West Ham or literally any ball, any ball in England. I just want to watch it. I just want to see players I'm somewhat familiar with kind of kicking it around and, and thinking right. I you're, can do you're drooling on the mic, but uh, I, I agree. It's wonderful. <laughs> I can get close. I can drool as much as I want on the mic. It's our mic. When it comes to the EPL, it's the EPL. It's everybody's mic. Very excited for some EPL action. Is anything else coming back? Any uh, any any tournaments in July? Maybe any. any yeah, MLS. MLS uh, yeah. Oh, MLS is coming. That was mentioned. mentioned. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We're gonna uh, we're gonna get into that more in a second and talk about what that'll look like because it might not look like what you think it'll look like or what we have gotten used to for any leagues. As a matter of fact, it's going to look a little different. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that more and give our thoughts as the main topic after we give a shout out to our first sponsor. Mm-hmm. Be right back. 
After watching Free Solo or Dawn Wall, you may be thinking, wow, this rock climbing thing really looks cool. Love to try it out myself, maybe even be featured in a documentary about my climbing someday. But like many, you might be nervous about getting started. Sure, there are rock climbing gyms in your area, but even those can be intimidating with different color holds, tying safety knots, climbing starboard, leaning port side, or avoiding the rudder. We're even confused by some of these terms, to be honest. So, we want you to instead join us at Horizon Tall Climbing, because we got what you need. A 100-foot wall that never brings you above 5 feet high off the ground. That's right, it's horizontal. For the beginners among us, for those that are scared of heights, for those that want to get jacked, for those that want to stand out. Be careful now, it's not bouldering, because bouldering still makes you go up. Again, you have our guarantee you will never be more than five feet off the ground while climbing up to hundreds of feet to either side. Make a day out of it with the whole family. It's safe, it's special, and it's certainly sideways. Horizon Tall Climbing. It's the climb sideways. It sounds like the most unenjoyable parts of regular rock climbing <laughs> as the main focus. <laughs> well, you just might not be in the, the demographic if you've done it before, which it sounds like this is more for the beginner, the person that's just watched free solo and wants to get into it, but isn't ready to go up yet. So is it, uh, so are you orienting yourself sideways? Is your head going, is that the logic? <laughs> yeah, you're moving sideways. Okay. So you're not, your head isn't up. Your head is to, like, your, your head. Your, you're, okay. That's fair. Depending on how, experience you are with the wall you might get used to it you might be able to eventually tilt your head up and kind of move right and left but you probably have to start out fully sideways your head facing oh so that's beginner beginner level is (laughs) all the pressures on your right or left side as you are shimmying trying to yeah it's kind of it's like you're crawling almost like a baby are there a bunch of real life spider men and women in this country in the the world that can very hard eli the physics of this seem very hard they're hard if you've never tried it. Okay. Once you've tried it, okay. once you have some training from our dedicated staff, not right. our, but Hor- Horizon Tall Climbing's dedicated yeah. staff. Right. Okay, I'll just mention quickly, I do have a stake in this company, yeah, I was gonna say. part owner. Yep. Um, you're wearing, you're decked out in hor- horizontal gear. Yep, okay, I do have a couple of holds on my body that people have used to try and rock climb, uh, but otherwise, it's very doable. You just gotta, you gotta try it out, you know? And be, you'll get jacked. You're gonna get really strong from it because it's, it's a workout. Yeah. You know, as right. it should be. Right. But you can look down at any time. You're not going to feel scared. You're you not going to, you're not going to pee your pants. And if you, you're not going to cry out for your mom or your dad, cause you're scared. Wow. That seemed really personal. Have you had bad experiences <laughs> rock climbing, Eli? Not at horizon tall climbing. I've had a great experience every time. Very defensive. Very defensive. <laughs> With that, we're going to head into our main topic. For the week, which as we mentioned before, is focused around the MLS and specifically the MLS is back tournament. That's right. That's the official name of the rest of the season for the MLS. The MLS is back tournament. Before we get into what teams are involved, how it's set up and what we think that means for the MLS as a whole, we're going to quickly just run some names by you because I thought it'd be interesting. What if it wasn't called the MLS is back tournament? What if it was called something else? We're just going to go around and and just kind of say whatever we think other names that might be cool for the tournament. So why don't we, we'll go round Robin. It just, it like the name, the name itself, the MLS is back just feels like a very 
like they 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 didn't even give it much thought it was <laughs> someone was writing a note to someone to say hey it's back and then they panicked and were like oh, that's the na- that's the name they kind of like <laughs> looking each other in the eye just kind of nodding like we we're doing okay yeah we're doing this we're doing it and they put it down and they printed it and now they're stuck with it i think we should we should come up with some better names to help them out all right you go for it sure. easy, easy. I'll, I'll go i see you robin okay you'll love it um we call it soccer tourney very straightforward provides the world with with what what the u.s calls it yeah i've got uh fans are overrated tournament <laughs> oh we back tournament july madness will florida man score a goal tournament mls cup of cups Disney presents the State Farm MLS Cup brought to you by Geico. How safe are we really in Florida? Tournament. MLS Cuppy Cup. The fire's best chance. Who thought playing a full month of soccer in Orlando was a good idea? Tournament. The Lord of the MLS Cup. The return of the Vela. Mm. Uh, The MLS Cup. Uh, those are all mine. That that I'm not, I have no more <laughs> names. One more that I think could be the name they actually changed to. Return of the Rusnak. And Rusnak, for all those who didn't know, like me this morning, refers to Albert Rusnak of Real Salt Lake. And the, the name <laughs> refers to Return of the Mac from Macklemore's song, <laughs> oh Thrift Shop. That was a that that took me for a walk, but I I think they're gonna buy in. It took and me for a Ruz walk. It's funny. It's oh my god. It's a, it's pretty actually. I've I've come to realize in naming names for the tournament, I think they actually may have nailed it. I don't think any of them our names are bad. Names. They did a good job. That's fine. I think it's important though. That's a thought exercise you need to do before you before you poo poo something. Yeah, you I think I would like to think that the league had something like this going on around table and they were like, yeah, all these are bad except for this one. <laughs> so what does that one actually mean? Do you want to take us through, Jones, what the uh, what the groups look like for the MLS's back tournament? Um, yeah, I'm going to totally spitball this one. I read it once and we'll see if I can I can do it. Um, it's essentially a, a round robin tournament where you have uh, a certain amount of groups. And within those groups, I think one group uh, well, think about it this way, guys. It's it's like a World Cup. That's essentially what it is. It's a little World Cup tournament where there are, um, top of the head, I'm making stuff up, five groups or four groups or six groups. And each group has four teams. One of the groups has six teams, which Chicago Fire's in that one. Let's go. And they will round robin play each other. And then uh, whoever, you know, tops the group, top two seeds, or in the case of the six-team group, I guess it's top three seeds, uh, then they will all go out. I think it's five groups then. That makes sense. And then, um, and then they go play each other. It's, it's six, it's six, it's six groups. Six groups. My, sta- my, my stat man, my stat man's throwing, throwing. Yeah. We got the researcher finally I'm had, getting, job. getting notes in here from the research, the data crew. Um, and, uh, and, and then they go and they, then it's elimination, uh, one game elimination in the next, next rounds until you get a, a champion. Um, so the the name the fire's best chance might actually uphold uh, its meaning as the new title for the tournament. The one interesting piece that I don't fully get is how their group has six six teams in it. It's Chicago, 
Philadelphia, uh, NYCFC, Miami, Orlando, and Nashville, whereas all the other groups have four teams. And so I'm wondering if they get an additional spot out of the group or what that will look like. Yeah, uh, I'm curious about, curious about that too, because I think they play, each team plays three matches in these in this group stage. And so I wonder how they determine who plays who in that group. Yeah. Right. And then do they have to play each other? Theoretically, do people in that, that does that group have to play an extra two games relative to all the other groups? No, like, I, I would doubt that. That just seems like a disadvantage. It, it's got to be, yeah, top two. It, right. And so for folks, everyone listening, top two teams and after the group stage in each group move on. And then the top four third place teams in each, I think the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. Or is that, wait, that's too many. Top four. Oh God. Oh God, guys. Look it up. Look I'm it up. Like, We're obviously not experts, but there's groups and it's different <laughs> than how the normal regular season and playoff progression works, especially because the time frame, all this is being squeezed into uh, two months of time, which is pretty interesting. What do you think this will do to the MLS's perception in the U.S. of U.S. fans that have followed the sport? Do you think this will make them more interested, less interested? cause them to think differently about the league moving forward. I, uh, I, I wonder what other um, leagues it'll be competing with. I feel like that's always just like a, at the onset, you know, that the challenge with, with us soccer, regardless of the setup is, is um, what other leagues are going on at the same time. People are going to be starved for athletics. And so I think they will be itching to watch whatever they can get their hands on. Um, so that's kind of one thing I'd keep in the background, but pertinent to this in particular um, I almost worry if it is going to be counterproductive in some ways and that I, I imagine I'll be much more interested in this kind of group stage. You know, each game really matters a little bit more. I think that's great. Um, but I wonder if that's going to negatively affect the league moving forward where the current framework is just going to be proven as, as, as not really like entertaining, not worthwhile. Um, why don't we change it? And maybe that leads to productive conversations, but could be, I guess more from an MLS's perspective, like a negative, negative connotation, taking a little bit of a sidetrack, but overall perception, hopefully, hopefully nets more, more viewers. Hopefully it's more positive. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this type of tournament and given the, the postponement of all sports and now they're, they're coming back and they've, they've got a lot of good attention from, uh, from the media and the MLS is back, kind of that that easy logo um, name of the tournament is nice and easy to remember. So I think they're they're going to get a lot of uh, viewing, a lot of viewers, and a lot of people tuning in for the tournament. Every, you know, everyone knows it's just a month, a little over a month long, which is nice. And the jam packed, repetitive, you know, all these soccer games back to back to back is really nice for for a lot of viewers, even viewers who don't really maybe love watching soccer all the time. Uh, like like you said, Jones, games are really important. And, you know, you think nowadays to our culture where you want to watch a TV show on a streaming platform, you watch the entire season in a day or two or three or a week. This is exactly that for soccer. They are jamming an entire season and the playoffs into a shorter period of time. Tons of content. It's going to be great. Players are going to be amped to be back and compete really hard. So I think, I think it's going to be really good. But like you said, I do think you have a point there, Jones, that moving back to regular season play where games are happen every week or you know a bunch of days in between, 
could be tough to swallow for the non-diehard soccer soccer fans. I can't tell if the binge-watching phenomenon that's taken over all of us just in the way we consume entertainment is an American thing or is a worldwide thing where people are obviously seeing a lot of the same shows on Netflix and getting their their media similarly um, you know, packaged together. You can always consume new things because in America with the MLS, like you both touched on, people are fans of the sport, but without as many diehard fans, this is more exciting. This will be more exciting to people that are used to this like American version of tournaments and things being smushed together and, you know, happening midweek every weekend. People that are betting on games would be more excited for this like group stage than playoffs immediately kind of kind of set up. But overseas, imagine the Premier League going to this type of round robin play for their regular season and then also having a a postseason, which they don't even have right now for just for one example, but all other leagues, it would be laughed out of the water. Like it would be, you know, fans would think it was ridiculous because they're used to those longer seasons and they're it's just such a more part of a culture, part of their culture being wherever they're from, supporting that local team, they don't need this extra excitement. But I do wonder if that binge-watching effect has also you know, reached England and reached these other places, and they, they might actually find this more exciting also. I, I, th- I, I agree with your sentiment that it's, it's definitely more of a historical context that allows them the flexibility to do a tournament versus perhaps consumer behavior like consumption habits in that... Um, uh, the MLS, yes, would get would it would be ridiculous to do this, but that's largely because the the league goes the league runs from like March to like October or November or something like that, right? <clears throat> so like the league didn't even really get a chance to start to begin with, mm-hmm. um, and they also realize they can't really do this the entire time. So so it works. It just works in that scenario, and that's the historical context of the sport and how it works. Whereas in the premier league, right? Like it's the season is mostly gone through. So it makes sense. If this had occurred at the beginning of the premier league, I agree. Maybe it would be a different situation. Maybe they would have to do a little tournament. All that said though, um, uh, it, it does feel like there's two sides of it. One is like, it's, it's awesome that there Well, no, it's not. It's unfortunate that we're in a situation that's so dramatic that, um, they can justify to their players, hey, we're going to put you and lock you in a hotel for like a month and a half, two months, and treat it like a World Cup scenario. Because that's the only scenario that people are willing to do that. It's the literally the World Cup is the only time that they can look to their families and say, yeah, I'm going to go with the team and hang out in a hotel away from you guys for all this time and compete and try to win a thing. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. So they're, they're capitalizing on that. Awesome. The flip side, though, is absolutely like, wow, we really don't have the attention that we can actually do this. Like we don't have the attention that, you know, people are going to push back on this and say, this is ridiculous because they're fine with gimmicky, whatever. Let's just make, you know, American, the American populace happy with what they think is soccer. Um, Yeah. No, good, good points. I think from, from both of you, I think the, the other thing too, comparing it to the EPL is that right, right, like what you said, Jones, they've already played 31 games, 30 games, um, something like that, you know, of the season. So they don't have that much of the season left. The other thing is that the EPL is the sport in England. It's not competing with a single thing on the airwaves. People want to tune into EPL. That's the moneymaker and it's going to be on TV. Whereas the MLS, the NBA, 
I think we can all agree is way more popular than the MLS in this country. And I know folks are waiting and dying for the NBA to come back. That comes back July 30th. So I, I, I definitely think that the MLS was trying to trying to plan this out to crunch a lot of games before that comes back to keep viewers. Because by July 30th, I think we'll be definitely in the quarters, maybe the semifinals. So so people might already be kind of hooked in to, to see the end of the tournament. So I think I think not only are they competing, um, or I guess really they're, they're competing against these other sports coming back and, and wanting to be on the airwaves for viewers. That's a great point. Revenue-wise also, it doesn't make sense for this to be the long-term solution, even if they see massive... TV numbers, you know, investment, advertisers, it all goes perfectly to plan and even above expectations. I don't know why the owners from or the league from a revenue perspective would want to do this moving forward versus hosting games and obviously having fans. Either way, you might have fans differently in the future, but just hosting games over a longer period of time and televising more games that just bring, you know, that's leads to a more successful league from a business perspective. But maybe they implement something like this at the end of the year, which they kind of already have. Like the MLS does have this. So maybe it's a playbook for other leagues that right now seems impossible because it's just so built on tradition. These other leagues all around the world when it comes to soccer, football for them. But maybe there's some sort of playoff round robin. I guess you get that in the championship. You get that in lower level leagues. Teams three through six in the standings might play it out and there's you know it's tremendously exciting and it gives more teams a shot to move up just like expanding the the number of wildcard teams in baseball but maybe we see more of that in other leagues to fight for the last relegation spot and you're at some severe disadvantage if you've finished lower in the regular season but then everyone is thrown into this playoff or something like that yeah no i mean it's where we talk about relegation just straight up for the mls like Mm-hmm. You know, on one hand, do we introduce regulation? Is it, uh, relegation? Is it possible? And then secondhand, like we've seen leagues that do have relegation. Um, so like is what they would kind of tweak. Is that another evolution on something that the MLS is way far behind on? Um, I think another aspect of this that that we're contemplating is clearly, you know, aside from the the formatting and aside from the crunch time and that it's all at a neutral standpoint, neutral, like, you know, venue uh, venue. Um, it gives teams that didn't have a chance a chance. Chicago Fire coming in hot. <laughs> I'm excited. This is gonna be my first time really watching the Fire. I didn't do a good enough job last year. Um, but especially with this tournament, I am one person, even though I'm a fan more largely of soccer, where I will pay attention to the MLS. Right. You know, yeah. strictly the MLS for a month plus. Right. right. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree with you more. I'm I'm really excited. I. Did go to a few games last year for the for the Minnesota United squad, um, but did not watch a lot of games at home on TV. But I am very excited. I think they the Group D that they're in with uh, Real Salt Lake, Sporting KC, and Colorado should be should be good. Um, you know, it's interesting. I did some I did some looking into this team. So all the teams I think played two games of the regular season before the whole league was postponed, and Group D actually is undefeated. So. Three of those teams, they won both their games and uh, forget which other team had tied both. So interesting. I do think the mindset is like, this is a completely new season. Those games mean nothing. Like, okay, two games, you guys can, you played well back in, what was that, March? But can you, can you keep it up now that it's, you know, going to be July when you get back out there? Definitely so, excited. Yeah. 
yeah, should be, should be definitely uh, very interesting. Um, piggybacking off what you guys are talking about, kind of long term or what other leagues might might want to do or look into based off of of this tournament. And I really love the Champions League format for for folks listening who might not be super familiar with Champions League. It's similar; you've got group stages. Um, so I think it's like four four teams in a group, and each team plays each other twice once at home and once away at the other team's home field i just think that's really important or i think that's right important to get both to play at both home stadiums right to give equal advantage to both teams and the other thing too you know the nfl mostly because it's so detrimental to health that they play 16 games and so of the of the 30 teams obviously you're not playing every team once and look, the NFL does that, and that's totally fine. Like, it's okay to not play every single team in the league. The NBA, the NHL, the MLB, every league, you know, it, they're so long, the leagues, I think, personally. And it's because they have these formulas where they play X number of games against every single team in the league. And, I mean, it's important. I think you should play every single team, but maybe just play two games, like Champions League style. Just play one at their home. Play one at your home. That's it. Two games. And then it's only, what, 60 games, which is still a lot uh, uh, for the regular season. And then you just go from there. I, I think I think teams play each other too much in the regular season, personally. I, I mean, I agree. Agree. Um, I, I don't know. Right, you're saying like you're saying broadly, like just in all of sports or specifically in the MLS? Oh, sorry. Yes, I guess I'm talking about, yeah, all, really all our national sports, right? The NFL, I, I mentioned just because they don't, because they really can't play. You can't play every team in the league. And it's fine. I mean, I, I think fans get it. It's just part of that game. But for the other sports that physically can, just play two, just play each other once or twice. You don't need to, and I, I don't know. I think they just play way too many games and even players, like on the NBA. It's an 82 game season. And then you've got potentially, what, seven games? You could potentially play like 35 more games in the playoffs. It's just, it's a lot. It, it's a lot. Yep. This will definitely set a precedent potentially for other sports. And the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League, also announced a couple of weeks ago, actually, and it might not have gotten as much press as it deserved, but they're holding a similar tournament for their nine clubs that's kicking off on June 27th. So a little earlier than the MLS, definitely can tune into some of that action. Um, and we'll have to look up a little bit more info on the bracket and details on how that's going to be run. But another good example of soccer leagues in the U.S. trying to make it work, and we'll see what happens. With that, going to head into our last segment it's not critically acclaimed over under. It's not critically acclaimed top five rankings. It's something new. It's called Devil's Advocate. Brought to you by Advocate Health Insurance. Um, it's not actually, we're, we're not, we were sending that. It's not, we have to pay us for that sponsorship. It's but brought to you by the devil. It's brought to you by the devil, him or herself. Devil's Advocate is a simple premise. Um, I will submit to one of you a... Uh, topic slash stance, and you will need to argue the counter or the inverse. That is, you are going to be the devil's advocate and tell me, tell me why I'm wrong. Um, Love it. So, for example, if we were talking, you know, chess and checkers, I might say, Eli, 
uh, chess is infinitely more complex than checkers, to which Eli would have to respond in the inverse and say, tell me why checkers is much more complex than chess. So we'll start off um, uh, with you, Eli, actually, since we're together sitting here. Um, The U.S. men's national team has no chance of winning the World Cup by 2026. They have absolutely no chance. They don't have the talent, the depth, um, and by then the U.S. will be outrun by many other countries. What's the devil advocate say? The devil's advocate says that while the U.S. has suffered a couple of setbacks more recently, including not making the 2018 World Cup, the team has a lot of young stars, a lot of rising young talent that hopefully will play more together. And if they stick with this group of guys, I think by 2026, 2022 feels a little bit extreme. But by 2026, it feels like they could have a formidable team of guys in their mid-20s who are really strong players um, and could put up a really strong fight as a team with a new identity, new academy program that's just been uh, unraveled, a lot of mixed feedback, but potential to create new change. I do think continuing to make it pay for play makes it tough for the U.S. to get all of their talent, but I do think they have a shot by 2026. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, We also have a time cap on these. We're going to keep them to 20 seconds. Um, Icy, back to you. All right. Uh, Pants should never be worn as shirts. It makes absolutely no sense. Let's never, ever let pants ever be worn as shirts. Yes, the devil advocate is really going to disagree. Pants worn as shirts uh, could not only be economical, but it's stylish. I mean, come on. Look, you might have to do some... Uh, you know, some cutting around the pant area for your head to slip through. But you can totally wear, you know, arms through the pant legs, do a nice nice little slit, and then you can um, put your head right through. And it's actually quite nice. It's uh, It works out really well, very stylish. I think you'll be seeing in upcoming fashion shows. Love that. I realize Devil's Advocate is now like a very optimistic, it's a positive spin <laughs> on things. It's like, you know what? No, let's look at the, let's look at the bright side. Yeah, that's what um, we're Eli, uh, vanilla ice cream is the lamest flavor that has no substance and could never be the centerpiece of a dessert. Wow. That seems like a dumb argument, (laughs) considering it is the centerpiece of a lot of desserts. Vanilla ice cream is delicious by itself. You can get it swirly form on a cone. You can get it not swirly form in a cup. And then you put toppings on it because it has the base flavor you need. You put syrup, you put M&Ms. You build a sundae around vanilla, not around strawberry. (laughs) <laughs> that was great you have a lot of passion um i see ketchup from a bottle is better than ketchup from a packet you know i'm gonna have to disagree mostly you know because the devil advocate's got to say that the ketchup in a bottle bottles are going to be sitting out uh exposed to maybe direct sunlight if you're at a restaurant uh or there's going to be out longer and they don't get refilled as often, so actually, you run the likelihood of eating older ketchup. Maybe, maybe not as not as fresh tomatoes. The packets keep it fresh. They're always in a drawer, out of sunlight. Not going to get warm and gross. Got to go packets. The art of sunlight sounds like the famous war books. The famous uh, what's it called? Is it just yeah. called the art of the war? Art of, the art of war. The yeah. art of war. Yeah. The yeah. art of sunlight. But and you don't. It's about ketchup packets. <laughs> the whole thing is about ketchup packets. It's not science. Uh, that's actually the the genesis of that whole argument was was uh, 
those ketchup packets. Well, that's it for Devil's Advocate. I appreciate you guys for playing. I think this is a new game we'll be trying out. Um, and I think you both were experts in your analysis. So thank you for um, jumping in there. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. That was fun. Thanks, as always, for listening. Just had to take a quick swig of water because I was so excited by this episode. If you've made it this far, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you for being one of our FOFs. Follow us on Instagram. We got a really exciting guest coming on the pod next week, so definitely look out for that and stay tuned. I love you. See you next week. Big ideas, small funding. (laughs) Unreasonably big ideas, reasonably small funding. (laughs) Our budget, $200. Let's get it. (laughs) 